0: Yo, what's up, brother? Hey, happy one year, man! Happy one year, right? We got yeah. some exciting stuff coming up in year two. We're uh, we're really, really happy to announce that um, that we are just signed a, an ambassadorship program with Schedulicity. Schedulicity is a scheduling app, and um, they've been kind enough to uh, to help us out this next year.
1: Yeah, they uh, we met them in LA when we did the uh, Salon Digital Summit, and they really believed in what we were doing Mm -hmm. and how we were doing it and so they wanted to know how they can partner up with us to uh to even reach more
0: listeners and and give what we give that's that's right so um with our uh with our partnership with uh schedulicity we will be able to reach more hairdressers and we'll be able to bring a lot more content and get to a lot more hair shows so uh hopefully we can see you guys out there on the hair shows when we're there visiting
1: yeah and and they're going to give us some business tips uh, throughout the podcast as well And I'm so excited That you know We're partnering up with people that believe In the same things we believe in
0: Yeah no doubt that, that, that's pretty exciting So uh, anyway Schedulicity once again Big shout out to you and uh, Thank you for joining Your day off I'm silly. Another day is here and you're ready For it what to wear check Breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to say for it Hey hey! Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I said, "Well, best bud, Tony." What's up, Tony? What's up, homie? What's going on, you man? Yeah. Uh,
1: today's uh, guest uh, was that movie, The League of Ten Thousand, or Ten Thousand Leagues, or something yeah, like right, that. Right, right, right. So when uh, we brought this guy on, uh, you know, and found out his story, uh, that number will uh, play a play a
0: role into our podcast. The number ten thousand. The number ten thousand. I mean, well, what did, uh, what did, what did Gavin, um, Gavin, (laughs) stupid. What did, um, Malcolm Gladwell say, right? He said, you need 10,000 hours to become an expert on anything. Right. Right. So this guy's definitely an expert because that number 10,000 plays, um, plays into this, uh, into this conversation. Yeah. Huge role. And
1: you know, anybody who looks, you Know for a mentor
0: or for a coach, uh, someone that's going to help you. I mean, this is the guy, this is the guy, right? So, he's uh, today our guest is a uh, Gavin Salisbury, um, he is a business consultant for Summit, but he's done um, like 10,000 one on ones, you know, so like he's done it from like salon owners to to you know newbies on the floor, you know. is it's a, or as Jim, as Jim Plank refers to as the boo bears, you know, he's talked to the boo bears and he's talked to salon owners. So he, he he's seen all of our industry, you know, he's seen the struggles, you know, at getting started to, and, and all the way up through a uh, salon ownership.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's a salon owner himself, business consultant. Uh, You know, he definitely, uh, you know, can help you no matter where you are in your life and are in this great industry. I can't wait to to get into his the story. Oh, they already um, know his name. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you want to introduce in. <laughs> him
0: <laughs> once again, Mr. Gavin Salisbury. Thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off.
2: Hey, thank you guys very much. Excited, very excited. We're to be really here. excited to
0: have you, man. Like I said, we, uh, we we've been talking a lot about um about what you do and how important it is to our industry.
2: Yeah, yeah. You say the uh, Malcolm Gladwell. I heard you name drop that <laughs> in that ten thousand that ten thousand times. I I don't recall what book that's in. But I remember sitting back on an airplane, reading that and kind of pausing, reflecting and thinking, God, am I, it's hard to see my, I don't know about you guys, but it's, it's hard to take credit as an expert, personally, because I see, I, I see myself more as a student than I do an expert. That's
0: just true. And that I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's like, that's, you know, working in services that way too. You know, it's like where you serve is where you need it, where you're needed. So if you're not a student, then you just always miss where you're needed. Well, it just shows how humbling, you know, he is, you know mm-hmm.
1: what I mean? He's not looking at himself uh, in, in that spotlight. Hey, but you know, I'm the expert. I'm, you know, he, he's a humble guy and he's here to help you. You know what I mean? And he mm-hmm. puts the light on you, not himself.
0: That's right. So, uh, Gavin, um, tell us how you found the industry, how you got in the industry. Are you a hairdresser, or what's that about?
2: I was born into the industry. So, uh, born in Kokomo, Indiana, um, 1975. Uh, My mother owned a hair salon when I was born. So, uh, you know, I guess I would say I was born into the industry, uh, first grade, when I started riding the school bus. Uh, The school bus would actually drop me off at the (laughs) salon. I was the first kid off the school bus, too. So, here's kind of a a minute detail, but I was the first kid off the school bus. So, for me, I didn't really know that other kids were going home. I just thought, aren't all the other kids that I would leave as I'm hopping off the bus and there's 30, 40 other kids? I thought they were probably heading to their family (laughs) business.
0: They're they're heading to work. I didn't know. (laughs) It's like a work bus, work camp.
2: That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Well, I kind of began there. And then, um, just, I don't know if you guys have, have you guys grown up either one of you well, no. or were you first generation? No, no, His,
0: first? his, his father was a hairdresser. Yeah. My, my dad worked okay. in nursing homes. So he did, uh, he did like yeah. three minute sets and stuff. My grandfather was a barber, but I, I was a kid. So I don't, I don't
1: remember any of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I kind of came from, you know, my, I have to, I owe all of it to my mother. Uh, she, not only owned a hair salon for, I think it was 40, I lose track, 43 Mm -hmm. years. But um, just growing up that way, I don't think I really realized what I knew about the beauty industry until I got a little bit older. But, you know, for me, a day off of school might be helping something in the salon. I always needed money, right? So my mother was always good about that being a motivation or a carrot and it would put me in the salon at times. And it started out as just, you know, small little task. And then it just continued on where, um, you know, I I got more involved in the family business as time went on. And then my mother, which I'll talk a little bit about in a little bit later, but she was goal driven. So I grew up with a goal getter, a a very, you know, serious goal getter. I'm a foodie. So I love to go to the refrigerator and open up and just kind of stare at what's inside of it. But when I was growing up, I had a kind of a love-hate with my refrigerator because on the outside, I had – my mother always used the outside of that green Kenmore refrigerator. (laughs) She would put all of the goals. And I remember before I'd open up the fridge, I'd see my school goals, my uh, sports goals, my just goals that I had. So, you know, I think today I'm grateful for that, but I know there was a point in my life where uh, getting – You know, goals, I I had a love-hate relationship with those. And so um, I grew up with a goal-getter, and she was – her number one objective was that I would go to college. She was a single mom. So if you're listening out there, because I know that, you know, I hope this speaks to some of you that are single mothers, um, you can do it. She raised two boys on her own. Um, I'd say uh, I did have a deadbeat dad, and so she really had to hustle – and not only behind the chair, but also with her business. And her number one goal was to get us to college. Now, trust me, if you know me in my core, I am not a collegiate type <laughs> of human being. I am as social as you can get. And I'm not a scholar. Even though many of my you know, people who know me now think of me as, a, as more of that, I, I'm just a big, giant kid at heart. But I went to college because my mom wanted me to go. So I went to college, I did that, didn't know what I wanted to do. She let me pick, and I picked um, theater, and I picked telecommunications, which is really at the time like the emerging cable television. Um, We didn't even really, we were just beginning with the internet. And so I did study media quite a bit, and I studied um, uh, acting and directing and lighting and all of that. And then I moved to California, followed, I'm a dream um, chaser. So I'm the kid that packed up his car, drove out to Southern California, worked in Hollywood for a few years, um, worked for the world's first internet broadcast company, Load Television in Hollywood, California. Okay. That was pre, that was pre uh, YouTube, pre broadcast TV that uh, Mark Zuckerberg ended up selling. But I got involved in media and Hollywood and. After about three years, I, it just wasn't where my heart was. I, I was more of a Midwestern soul. Um, I was kind of mm-hmm. lost. Uh, I would say I had a quarter-life crisis at 25. <laughs> I just didn't really know. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and thankfully, I came back home, and that's when I really met a, uh, my mother's business consultant, and um, who you guys have interviewed, Randy. Oh, Co- yeah. Over. Love it. Yeah,
0: Randy. Yeah. yeah.
2: And he was our family business consultant. So he kind of just took me under his wing. And I can tell you more, but pretty much over the last 16 years, um, 17 years, that's the path I took. He just, thankfully, you know, the timing, um, luck, and uh, the opportunity, he just saw probably a young 25, 26-year-old that kind of didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, And he put me under his wing. And long story short, I just started you know, learning how to help hair that's salons. Awesome! Wow,
1: That's
0: yeah. so cool. Yeah, it, 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 that's
1: crazy because your mentor, your your coach, what it, he's a phenomenal guy. You know, what yeah, I mean? we've we've had him on the podcast, like he said, and uh, great things. So I, I can't wait to get into uh, to how you kind of like developed underneath uh, Randy, and uh, you know, and how you helped ten thousand individuals or ten thousand. uh you know just people to achieve their best i know better their best right better your best yeah <laughs> Gav. So, i'm yeah. thinking this new irish accent that you have like. <laughs>
0: <I'm
2: not> <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was it man there, there's no irish accent <laughs> man so Gav, yeah so uh so so tell us like how'd you how'd you start into the salons and like you know coaching you know broadly
2: yeah. And you know what you say? Did you say Broadway? broadly? Broadly. Well, I thought you said because the first salon I ever walked into to help was Broadway. It was uh, the name of the salon. And um, I guess, you know, I, w- I just shadowed it. I had a mentor. I found someone that would pour uh, back into me, which is kind of what I n- now do today. But he was a servant leader. He poured back into me, he held my hand, he taught me, he pushed me and um, really started learning, you know, just, I'd say the basics of success um, in the beauty industry. And that's standing behind the chair and some of the key metrics that, um, you know, we spend time trying to help others become more aware of whether that's, you know, there's, there's quite a few, but if you boil it down to four, you know, I think you're looking at um, a rebook rate, you know? you guys know this being stylist for 30 years, there's a big difference between a client that says, Hey, I got to check my schedule and a client that commits to you before you, before they even walk out of the building. But to develop that kind of relationship, I think it's, you, you gotta be very intentional. Um, it doesn't just happen by chance. So, I mean, when you look at, I began to really understand the metrics of whether it was rebooking, whether it was an average ticket, um, you know, an average ticket will is very telling of, the skill sets, the type of education you have, whether you're doing today, whether it's a, a balayage, but at some point in time it would have been, you know, full highlights, um, additional services. But that average ticket can be very telling of um, just your, your true earning potential and the type of clientele you're working on. And also maybe where there's, where either where you're already educated or where you might need more education And then you're looking at referral development. Um, That's never, obviously today that's, referrals are on steroids in today's world. Um, If you know what you're doing, I mean, that's, it's, it's crazy to look. And think of 16 years, 17 years ago, I would have sat down with someone and if you had three or four referrals in a month, that was, I would have knocked up. Great job. Cool, man. Today, it's not surprising to see 15, 17, 18, And it's just, I mean, it's unbelievable, uh, but referrals and then retail would be the
0: fourth. uh, Going back to referrals, we, uh, I guess at that point, she was a future service provider or whatever, you know, she, she was in school at the time and she got out of school and went right into a suite and she's booked out like two months. (laughs) It's amazing. She built a book while in hair school, you know, now, you know, she's pretty extraordinary and her, her, her Instagram game is on point, but. You're right, man. That that that's changed our industry completely, and that's just the last few years, right? One hundred percent, yeah.
2: But the bottom line is, I learned you guys by being a student. If I, I, I I'm a super honest human, like when I started, I had so much self doubt it was ridiculous. I mean, here I am, twenty five and twenty six, and that first salon that I started in had eighty service oh. providers, did over two million in revenue. I mean, trust me, I walked in there under. Like I, I shouldn't have been walking in there. But because of that, that really focused that that I just turned it internal and said, I gotta learn. I gotta I gotta read more books than the average Joe. I've gotta listen better and be an active listener. Um I've gotta pay attention, I gotta be self aware and and other things. But I took probably what was, you know, I felt inadequate in truth of serving others and just it wasn't long before you know, you dive in headfirst with trying to be a student and learn as much as you can. And here's what I'll also say. This isn't rocket science. <laughs> so it's not like, you know, I don't want to discredit the talent and the, the, the I don't know, the skills that it really entails to, to make 100 k in the industry, 125 I don't want to discredit that. But it's also, I think there's an element of, there's a lot of basic, principles of success and um i just took that ride and started listening and then sharing so
1: is it, those four bullet points is what you focus on when you when you're coaching and mentoring people or salons
2: you know i think I, I i i think the three most important things i focus on is um the three most important relationships in your life i focus on one of the three it's either Your relationship with people, your relationship with money, or your relationship with yourself. Mm. Those are your three most important relationships. So when I'm sitting down to begin to help someone, I definitely start with goals. Like, just what are your goals? Can I? How can I help you? Um, What are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? You guys, I can get on a soapbox about just goals, but in truth, it's sad that too many people – either are living in the present and looking to the past and not enough people are spending mind space thinking of the future and really devising a path and a vision and a, and goals. So I I start with the goals and then the goals are very telling. If you can get someone to really pause, reflect, and kind of dump out what those are. And then it's usually people People, I'm working on the relationship side. So that might be client count, referrals, retention of new business, rebooking. Just think of, you know, people smart. How am I, am I dealing with someone that's people smart? A, a report will tell me that if I really know what I'm looking at. The next one's money smart. Many times people are in financial chaos. I've been there. I've been bankrupt in my life. I've um, owed 216000 to the IRS personal taxes. So, I mean, I'm not the type of guy that's going to sit in front of you and say, oh yeah, I'm great. I've done it all. Like uh, that's not me. I think I look at the money aspect and I think that's an area inside of our industry where that's a real struggle. That's a real struggle. And then that last one is self-smart. I think we're very people smart in our industry. We can, we're chameleons. We can read others. um, We're good at uh, intuitive listening but when it comes to self-smart, like our own self-initiatives, our beliefs, our actions, our behaviors, that's, we weren't all typically raised in white-collar, goal-driven households. The truth is, in many of our industries coming from socioeconomic backgrounds, that money and self-smart was not like a key piece of that upbringing. That makes it sense. makes complete
0: sense. It's, it's actually, uh, how uh, alarming which sense that makes, you know, so how do you, what are the secrets? Like how, I guess, what are the secrets in even bringing these conversations up? Because some of them can be so touchy and, you know, I, I assume when you do these, I mean, if you've done 10,000, like these aren't 10,000 of your closest friends, you know, you're, you're a stranger to a lot of that. So a lot of them. So, you know, it, it, when you start a mentoring thing, uh, a, a program, how do you kind of How do you bring those conversations up and 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 still in a loving way
1: yeah which one do you select first I mean do are they I guess they have to be open Mm -hmm. and, and and you know I guess there's a way that you're almost like a therapist you're diving in and and trying to feel uh what maybe what are the three one of the three that needs to be touched first I mean how do you select how do you how do you figure that out
2: yeah, you know, I think uh, servant leadership. So I'm a servant. I'm not a leader. I'm a servant leader. So if I can really get in step with their goals, I, I think it just goes back to what are your goals? How can I help you? Um, and and I think you you do it does help to earn the right. Why am I here? So if I were coaching the two of you, I'd want to really state my authentic intention. I'm here to help. I'm here to. I'm not going to judge. Um, I'm just going to, if I want to learn about what it is that you want out of life, how I can help you with the aspects of your business, um, your personal and professional goals. And, um, you know, Michael Cole always says that a mentor is a welcomed intruder. And I think that's really true. So I I think it begins there. And I I just begin by listening. I don't have an, an agenda. I don't have a specific Objective. I just it, I, I, it's just to serve them, and let's be truthful. Not everybody's going to be open to that. So that's another thing. Just because of this big flipping number of ten thousand, how many of those people were willing? How many of those people were open? And I I'd be lying to you if I said every one of them. You know, every one of them. So I, I I would just hope that you know that twenty percent of them. You know, that would give me. If I can get two out of 10 to um, really be open. Now, obviously I would like more, but it starts with, I think, just them understanding my intention, me understanding what they want out of life and beginning to just have a conversation. Yeah, about.
1: Like like you said earlier, a lot of people might feel inadequate or they, they're just very self-conscious. So they're only going to tell you what they want you to hear. They're not going to truly open up so they can maybe be, you know, get to the root of the problem or the issue that's holding them back maybe. But people, money, and self, how I mean, I want to get into those. Like, what are some of the some of the techniques or some of the things that you know people need to to think inwardly to how to help themselves in those three areas?
2: Yeah, I love that. Great question. When I think of um money, if I just start with money smart, if if every stylist today that's listening out there could just tomorrow walk into the salon, walk into you, step behind the chair, and all I would want you to know is what is your goal for that day to live the lifestyle that you want to live? Now, you might think, well, that's easier said than done, but I know that there's, there's a tracking app, um, and I'm sure there's others uh way, methods or ways that you can figure this but if you were just to go to the summit um, salon.com website there's actually a it's called a magic day calculator let's create some magic let's all you have to do is plug in all your life expenses your car payment your cell phone your your mortgage payment your rent your retirement your you know every bill that you can think of groceries clothing allowance it it asks you probably about 24 different Expenses. You plug that in, and it's going to be a very true reality of what your average month needs to be. Your average. It'll break it down weekly, daily, and I think um, when it starts with money, what are you standing behind the chair for? And at some point, I would coach or mentor to try to come up with, you know, what's the what's the objective here? How much does it need to be? One last thing is money. Um, just gives you choices, you know that from interviewing probably some great people. Um, But I, I see what resonated with me years ago was when I learned that money's made on fact and it's lost on emotion. We are an industry that is just governed by emotion. And so I think a lot of times you get the opposite of what I'm talking about. You get a stylist that's standing behind the chair today that has no clue what they need to do each day They're anxious about the bills that just came in the mailbox yesterday. They know they've got, you know, something on the horizon that expenses. I mean, what is it? 52% of all society lives paycheck to paycheck. So, I mean, apply that inside of our industry and you get this highly emotional state of mind that doesn't even know how much money they need to be doing. And it just, I think that's why they hop around to different salons. They, um, they're kind of looking for something. They don't even know what they need.
0: Yeah. Makes total sense. Complete. You know, I love what he said. But
1: I guess it takes discipline, right? I mean, it, you got to want it or you Mm got to want it for
2: yourself.
0: So what, so what are the ways that you kind of coach them to generate more money into their day?
2: Well, I think you got to look at, um, do they have a career path? So if you're self-employed, you're in a suite, is there some kind of, what are you looking at? Do you look at anything? Um, awareness precedes change. Awareness precedes change. So what are they aware of? Are they looking at um, how many new clients they've, they're seeing each day, each month, each week? How many total clients did they see for the month? Um, the simplest way, you guys, is probably just to look at your overall productivity. If you just added up how many hours you scheduled yourself to take appointments, and let's just say it's 30 hours a week, four four times a month, you're looking at 120 hours of open, available schedule time. Now, if you just added up, how much time last month did I fill that? Um, Was it half of that time? Was it 70% of that time? There's a certain point when it starts to get to be about 70%. Um, of your available time is literally just full booked. Um, how do you make more money? At some point, the supply and demand price increase comes into play. So once I've reached that seventy percent plus productivity level, um, I would be coaching you to look at when's your next price increase. Um, usually, it's between three five dollars. $7 maybe on some higher ticket services. Hold, hold on for a sec.
0: So, so that's 70% over, did you say uh, over a month?
2: Yeah. So uh, what's 70% of 120, 84. So if 84 hours of your 120 is booked with people, I would assume just by that one metric that your business is starting to be at a place that you've got a over 70% productivity that means you've got retained business, um, repeat request business, and you could be looking at moving your pricing up. Um, I always joke with you guys and say this. I don't know if it's, if it's like the 11th commandment in cosmetology <laughs> school, but I think a lot of kids take it, and that's thou shalt not raise prices. And if, if you hang out with me long enough, you're going to find – and, and I, I didn't make this stuff up. I just learned how is the 100K, 125K hairstylist doing it? Over a 20, 30-year span, they probably have had a price increase nearly every, if you just did it on time, probably every two to three years, they're bumping them up. Um, To bump them up is one thing, but not knowing when to bump them up is when people get in trouble. When they bump them up and their productivity is only 50% or 40%. That's when it can really It's, it's
0: interesting because you know the other the, the number that I've heard for years was like 3 weeks booked out, right? So completely booked out for 3 weeks is time for for um for a bump, but I kind of like how that's 75%. <laughs> right <laughs> right out of 4 weeks. Well right, but but if you're 3 weeks bumped out, you're always going to be 3 weeks bumped booked, right. booked out, right? Yeah. So it's like you're by him saying 70%, that makes way more sense to me because that's, you know, you're 100% booked out three, t- three weeks in advance. Then you're always going to be 100% booked out three weeks in advance, right? Right. So yeah. then th- that seems like uh, you know, psychologically, that's a much harder kind of like thought to think. But I, I, that was such a weird sentence. But, you know, but, but I love the 70%, right? So over, over a month, oh, now it's time. It's at 70%. Right, because if you
1: focus on the three weeks booked in advance, and if you're, you know, if you're, say, 70% booked, you're not going to ever
0: raise your prices. So you're always going to kind of be stuck. Exactly. Love this. I lo- yeah. Let's love this. Love that 70%. All right, Gav. That, that's a big, that's a huge takeaway, man. What else you got for us? Uh,
2: I think for the self smart, it's, I would just, I, I try to lead people into it, goes back to what the personal goals are. Um, and self smart, I mean, you're getting into now more of the psychology of behaviors. Uh, there's so much. What's cool about our current times is, how much available information is there to learn? I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like podcasts like yours, I can go Google something. I can um, go to Amazon and buy a book and have it at my house in a day or two. But I think when it comes to self-smart, I think you're getting into the self-words, self-worth. Do mm. you think it's possible that a human being can earn 100K and not have self-worth? I mean, let's, let's, I don't want to say that's, impossible, but self-worth. And that's why that price increasing plays a major role, not just because your metrics are there and it's time, but also just for your own self. Um, Developing inner self-worth is, I think, a huge aspect of success standing behind the chair. And then um, self-esteem, self-confidence I, I didn't think I, I didn't learn anything about self-confidence until you start really having conversations about self-confidence, and it hit me one day. And I don't know if it was from what someone said or what I read, but you cannot have confidence without failure. It's impossible.
0: That that is that's, that's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, and broadly speaking again i mean that's kind of what we've learned in the podcast right like like everybody that's ever had success has done it with with great failure and yeah just that there's been like no nobody succeeds without without you know failures you know that and that's you have to realize that that, that that's the path
2: people don't believe that people I, I'm, I'm like the majority of hairstylists they don't believe that. Now I know, like I can get super passionate, but I think they'll hear you say that they're listening now, but how many people want to go out and say, all right, let's go make some mistakes. I'm excited. (laughs) Let's go do it. You know, but here's the, what is it? Fall off horse seven times, get back up eight. That's life. And I, I get to fly around. um, I think I've flown over 3 million air miles. In the last 15, 16 years. And why I even bring this up is because to me, there's a little bit of life in those metal capsules up in the sky. And what I see in, in the name of life is um, what people believe or perceive that the people sitting up in the front versus the people sitting in the back. And here's what I know first off, if I'm frugal. I would never, I've never paid for first class, nor I don't think <laughs> I ever would but I get upgraded all the time because of all of my status of flying so much. And here's what I and but many years I sat in the back and what I've learned, what I think I've learned is up in the front, those people have made more mistakes. They've been through more tragedy, triumph, chaos, death, despair, wrong side of the tracks. I mean, you name it. They've been through stuff that I know I've sat there before and heard heard them heard someone share a story and I'm like holy cow how did you get back up on the horse after you fell off that time and i just think that is a skill that it's hard to teach that skill but it's a skill of getting back up on that horse the eighth time because oftentimes we quit we we don't have the self confidence we don't have the self esteem we let a couple of things um you know get us down and before you know it i think the road to average and just getting by becomes our lives and we forget to believe, um, dream. And I think that's why I thank God there's mentors and coaches out there because I know personally, I need that. There's times where I need, you know, my, my mind kind of gets off into believing in stuff that I don't think is real true. And I thank God people can center me and get me on the right path.
1: Dude, I'm, I'm, I just got little hairs on the back of my neck just like kind of stood up, right? It's like, man, that is, that is so true. So many people give up or they just fall short of their greatness because they, they just, you know, they settle.
2: Hey, well, well, look at this. We're in a time right now that we are, I think hairstylists are the last touch, service, relationship, business left left. I'm talking like no more exists. I look at my grandfather. He knew his auto mechanic, his banker, his insurance agent, his barber, his grocer. He knew everybody when he walked out of his house. And as time has continued to evolve, I look at, I got a six-year-old. I don't know her doctor. Her doctors keep, their specialists. specialists. We don't really have a, a tight connection with a doctor. Dentist. We don't have an old dentist like we once had. We, the we, we go to we see different dentists when we're there. Um, I think in the in as today and moving forward, why I'm so passionate about what you can do with your career in the beauty industry is because we have the last, like we're the last of the Mohicans. We literally are the last human being out there that can provide face to face touch influence, caregiving. I mean, it's it's amazing. And I, and I don't know if 50 years ago someone would have thought that the hairstylist would be the last one standing, but the Flobie didn't. Work. <laughs> and uh, I don't think a robot is ever going to figure out how to connect and do service. It's awesome. I think it's, it is amazing. The next 25 years for a stylist is going to be a, a very... A fruitful endeavor if they're people smart money smart and self-smart
1: yeah he's right it's a, it's kind of like one of the last industries that it is there's human touch connection you know you there's so much sharing
0: mm-hmm.
1: emotional connection every, yeah uh i think you're right i think you're spot on one
0: it, it, definitely. And, and, you know, he brought up doctors and dentists, you know, but even with them, you know, we're the ones that they want to see, hopefully. Right. You might go see a,
1: phys- <laughs> you know, the, the, the doctor's busy. So the ph- physician, the PA comes in, the physician assistant, right. Mm-hmm. So they take your, your vitals and you know what I mean? And it's just, yeah, there's so much to it now when your client comes to see you and although you do have an assistant, you know, but you're, you're providing the service.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's just, once again, I mean, it's, it's, where people come for, uh, to, 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 be touched and to, and to feel beautiful and to, and to, that's the other thing too, we need to address Gavin. Like What's that? just so many people forget the gift that we have, you know, so many people like it, not, and not so many people. I mean, I'm sure we're, we're all guilty of it too, but you know, you've got the opportunity to, to change someone's day, you know, and you've got the opportunity. Nobody comes to us because they don't want to feel beautiful right? Nobody, you know, they come to us because they want to feel beautiful because of, of something that for whatever reason, you know, and, and, and just don't forget that, you know, don't forget that while you're, while you're providing service to these people that they're there for, to feel beautiful. And, 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 and that's, that's the gift that our industry has to give. Yeah. But my client Mike doesn't want to feel beautiful. Well, yes, he does. On some level, Mike (laughs) does want to feel beautiful. (laughs) Otherwise, he'd look like Ted Krasinski.
2: People are broken. You know, we we own a a salon here in Minnesota. So, I mean, yes, I could tell you all about the trials and tribulations of coaching. Um, But I also know just having a salon here in Minnesota, the people are broken. Not only staff, but also just the client. And what we provide as we continue to become more, I'm holding up my phone, you know, more really connected here and less connected to our neighbors and really have those old school relationships. It just is uh, the value is so much greater. And then I'm going to geek out and just tell you this is it's going to, it'll be interesting to see where it's going to continue to evolve to because we're underproducing licensed hairstylists. So if you just, and I've never seen this, I'd love to see this, imagine two graphs. One graph is the U.S. population of all of the, you know, I know we're over three, I think we're around 320 million people now, but we're projected to be at 400 million, I believe, by 2040, okay? Now, if you just can envision a graph going upwards as population continues in America, then imagine looking at a line below it that's just license holders, total cosmetology license holders. It's not keeping up with the population demand. So what does that mean? I don't know. I can't predict the future, but all it smells like, sounds like, feels like is the value of those licensed hairstylists. As time goes on, there's going to be less stylist for the population, which means supply and demand Is going to be different Um, and pricing I mean it's not out there to think that the average haircut one day in 25 years might be a hundred dollar haircut because it's just hard to I bet you in 1970 you could have called five or six salons and would have had more likelihood to find availability today try to pick up a phone or go online on a Saturday and see if you can find availability. It's getting more and more difficult. So it's a a great place to be right now, I guess my point. And it's going to get even brighter if you keep pouring back into yourself, having a career path, finding a coach and a mentor, um, really continuing to readjust your beliefs, letting go of false beliefs, things that aren't true, though you're you've told yourself that, or maybe even someone in your inner circle told you, and it's not true, but, um, so, and, and, and I'll finish it with just goes back to people smart, you know, understanding people. I think that takes a lot of practice, but also just the behaviors of people keep evolving. Um, eye contact is becoming less and less of a thing because this is our eye contact, you know, on a phone and um, just being aware of, but there is a greater need for that people relationship and the people smart. Money smart, we got to get money smart. If you can't make a living and really get ahead in the American beauty industry right now, something's messed up. Seriously, something's messed up. You've got addictions, you've got behavioral you know, challenges with relationship with money, impulsiveness. Trust me, I've been there. I'm an addict. You know, I, I had a I I um, 10 year, well, 2010, or 2000, December 10th, 2010, I stopped drinking. And part of what for me, it was this impulsive behaviors. I just took that into money too. The first year I quit drinking, I had 10,000 in my bank account. I'd never saved a dollar prior to that. So if, if you're not developing more money, um, management, money, relationship with money, um, I would just get you got to find the purpose, though. But if you can find greater purpose about why you would want even more money, and what that would represent in your life, I mean, it is here today in the American beauty industry. And then self smart—that's an ever uh, to me. That's something I'll be 85 years old, probably reading something on a beach about something that might help me be a better human. You know? Amen.
1: Amen. <laughs> I love that. So how so? How can our listeners uh, learn more about you and find you? If, uh, um, you know, this, how do we find you?
2: I think the easiest way is to go to the summit salon website. Um, that would be the probably easiest way. And we offer a lot of different services. We even offer virtual coaching now. So like this using zoom and um, we do virtual coaching and it could be for a salon owner. It could be for a self-employed stylist. It could be for um, a suite owner who's just beginning to build their business. Um, but I would lead them to summit. And then through the summit, there's a an area on the website that they can fill out a form and have someone follow up.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's pretty cool. Do, do they answer like, I guess, the the, the, the form of ask questions? To, so you guys pair up the, the perfect person for them or is that how that works or just you get to know them a little bit better?
2: Yeah. There's a field where they get to select like what they're looking for. And then there's a comments area. So we definitely, when those leads come in, um, we do try and pair up um, what, who might be the best fit for that person.
0: That's awesome, man. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that, uh, that we, um, in the future too, we're going to do a couple more podcasts with Gavin. So uh, Mr. Gavin, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off.
2: I am honored and grateful.